Hi, I'm Dr. Shana, and I'd like to wish you a warm welcome to the Mental Wellness Practice Podcast. We all have mental health, and this is a place for you to learn practical tips to support your mental well-being. In season three of the podcast, we're looking at different dimensions of wellness and how they affect our mental health. Today, I'm really lucky to be joined by Dr. John Harichand. He's an assistant professor of counseling at the University of Texas, San Antonio, and a long-standing board member of the Association for Spiritual Ethic, Ethical Religious Values in Counseling. And he's gonna help us learn a little bit more about spiritual wellness and mental health. Dr. Harichand, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. <laughs> Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, so I am a professor at, at, in Texas and outside of just doing counseling or teaching about counseling or training counselors, I do quite a bit of research in the area of just mental health, mental well-being, um, and then focus on also my own sort of supervising uh, beginning or counselors and training specifically as they enter our profession and hopefully do meaningful work with the clients and the communities that they get to, the opportunity to work with. Thank you for sharing a little bit more about you. I'm curious about how you started to delve into spirituality and bringing that into counseling and in your, yeah, in your yeah. work. Yeah. Um, so synopsis of this, right? Uh, uh, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. My dad's dad was also a pastor. And then now my older brother is a pastor. So there, the, the, <laughs> that in and of itself, the religious dimension, I guess, can, has, has been passed on from generation to generation. I unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't know, I am not a pastor. <laughs> and so, but, but I think the value of not necessarily the, the, the religious side of, of the customs and, and rituals, but more so the value of there is something bigger than myself has always been more of an anchor for me. And so I think that in and of itself is what has pushed me into the direction of valuing spirituality and seeing it as a practice or a way of being that really speaks to um, my own uh, mental health and, and well-being as a whole. And so that kind of like led me into focusing on it in terms of how to integrate it within the counseling space um, and then trying to to be in, in a space that that where other sort of counselors value that as well and that's uh, finding that through a cervic and um, then kind of starting to now more so um, look at the religious not the, the research dimensions of what that might look like for um, or profession specifically Thank you. So it sounds like you have this lineage connection, right? It runs in your family, at least the religious aspect of it. Right. And that shifted for you a little bit. You've kind of extracted that maybe the religious aspect isn't necessarily the predominant thing that you feel anchored by, but there is this higher power connection that seems right. to have always anchored you. And then just like naturally, I think as just as counselors do and counselor educators do, this worked for me. Does this do other people? find this healing too it's just right. you're trying to find your other people and trying Correct. to use that with others as well yes 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 uh, and, and i think the thing is is that um 
growing up, I didn't know that there were like the construct between spirituality and religion, seeing them as separate constructs. They, I, I think, I don't even think I had language to say spirituality was what was something that appealed to me. I think I just focused on this all being encompassed under religion, you know, and so kind of finding my own, well, first of all, being educated. <laughs> and then from that space of, of being educated or informed, moving along the line of saying, okay, this is what really appeals to me. And it, and it kind of makes sense to me now that I get to, I don't know, construct that for myself in, in a way and, and make meaning, like how does it apply to make meaning in my life personally? That makes so much sense. And I relate to that too. You mentioned like not having the language for it. And I, I imagine actually some of the listeners may not know that there is a distinction between religion and spirituality. And I'm hoping we get to that because I noticed a lot of times when I'm working with folks and trying to explore different dimensions of wellness and we explore religious well-being, they're like, well, I don't, that's not for me. I don't have that. I don't believe in that. And then as we speak more, I realize there's actually a lot of spiritual components. And I think people are often led to believe, you know, this or that thinking all or nothing that if you're either religious or you're not, but a lot of times there is this, I don't, I don't know if I would dare call it an in-between, but there's this other realm that has spirituality and many times people don't get to see that. So could you help us a little bit in defining, you know, what's religion, what's spirituality, how are they kind of similar, but what's the distinction? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the easiest thing to probably describe would first would be the religion aspect and, and, and saying that um, it is much more public facing. It is something that you, that is, focused on rituals. It is um, really a social construct that we, we develop in terms of um, those we are around, the communities that we are part of. Um, and its focus really, is, it, it, not necessarily focus, but, but it, it helps us to see the world or make sense of the world in terms of those um, I want to say the people that are around us. So it's almost like a, a communal language of sorts um, is how I, I would define um, religion. Um, and it's and it can be very much denominational that we see like there are different sects of how, how it gets played out. Um, and it's also very, I would say, um, ritualistic. They go through custom, like traditions, customs, um, and, and it could be passed on through, through like from like how I would say we in my family it was very, it's ancestral, like I came down, uh, it, got, it was passed from generation to generation. Um, but it's also, I would say, um, very cultural, culturally informed. On the other hand, uh, spirituality is, I, I would define it more so as a universal construct where we it's something that is really embedded into who each of us are as human beings the question is as, as an aside it becomes are we as individuals tapping into that uh, and i think that's the dif that's the difference but but it's it's i think we're all in a sense spiritual beings um by value by virtue of having a soul um and, and so if we look at spirituality more so as the ability to move beyond self 
and more so connect with what else what is i i define as that that higher power that's out there but at the same time that we move beyond the self like the limitations of our fragile um existence i would say and, and but as we are moving beyond that it's also the ability to know that to remain grounded in reality right so yes i know that this is there i'm attributing um life or existence to some sort of higher power beyond me but at the same time i'm still very much aware and present in this reality the world that i'm in mm -hmm. um so that keeps me grounded and centered in that space um but at the same time saying that that compared to religion it is very much a personal a private um, affair yes we might include others into that space at times but for the majority of our, our life that really becomes something that is um a practice or a way of being that is very much personal so that that's how i would distinguish between the two of religion and spirituality i appreciate you helping us to make the clarification one of the things that's really standing out to me is that religion may be a little bit more predefined, right? You can pull out a scripture or several scriptures and you can be in one country, you can be across the globe and there's a lot of consistency is in terms of what rituals, as you mentioned, practices, right. regulations that interweave with life. For a spirituality, there's a lot of variation in the nature that it's more on the individual. So yes. it can be informed by a scripture, a, a faith-based system, someone's experience at a faith institution, mm -hmm. but it's really personal. So there can be overlap, right? Someone practicing spirituality might be practicing a high holiday of a certain faith, for example, right, but it, right. it's still their rendition of that spirituality. You know, Correct. something that I, I would love to seek your insight on is then, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with folks, I mentioned to you, First, people say like, okay, well, no religion, so it's not that. And then we start to explore things. I'm like, well, this sounds like a like spirituality. And we come back to this defining, meaning-making moment, very similar to the one you and I just had. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, that still doesn't fit for me. Like, I don't believe in a higher power. Or mm -hmm. I don't believe in something beyond us. And many times people will say, well, it's very important for me to know that my beliefs are scientific. I believe... I don't believe in another place beyond this. I don't believe in souls, right? Some of these things that you're using in the definition of spirituality. And I'm curious then, theoretically, are, are people who don't have that belief system, do they not have spiritual wellness? And is that, how does that affect their overall well-being? Yeah. So I think um, beyond the aspect of how, I, I, what my, my personal understanding and definition of spirituality is, I think at the end of the day, the movement or the realization that this is a unique, very individual experience, I think it should still lead, and maybe I should have said this initially, it should lead, lead the person to experience um, a greater sense of self-compassion towards the self, the individual, but also compassion towards others. I think it's, that's the, that should be the end result of engaging in a space of spiritual wellness. Um, and so regardless of if I, am, um, if I am subscribing to a specific uh, value system where there's that higher power or not, it is what is that individual then 
deriving meaning from in their life? And how is that meaning leading them to be more compassionate towards themselves and more compassionate towards other individuals? And I think that then creates, if we're looking at it from the um, a, a systems model, is that at the end of the day, we want to create a harmonious system. And so that will start with me, that system, that harmo the harmony starts with me. And if I am not able to get to that place of being compassionate to myself, I think then it challenges the possibility of me ever offering it to, to other people and then creating a, a, a world or, or, or space where there is that sense of, you know, I, I respect you, I love you, you know, regardless of whatever tradition or whatever practices you might come from that inform your spiritual um, space, you know, or wellness, I think that that's something that um, is important to recognize. I really love the anchoring of, you know, what's the goal at the end of the day of spirituality or potentially even religion, right? Is to what I'm hearing from you is like to be a better version of you as an individual, but also as a community member, right? So with right. your loved ones, but also with the greater community and the world, right? right. Um, so right. some people might revert to, okay, well, I know this because this doctrine or these commandments or something tells me this is how I'm a good person. And for others, it might be something different, but it, it's also, well, I'm still going to do these things based on being uh a good person. Good person. Right? Yes, correct, correct, and that's why I think it's 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 not mute like exclusive that you have to subscribe to the 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 possibility of a higher power. I think the focus then shifts for that individual, whoever that person is, to say, "What could I do in my life that results in me being a better human being?" Yeah. So it sounds like we all have that in some capacity. We may, we may not all be practicing it and we may not all prioritize it but we all have that in some capacity right with disorders aside we all have some right. level of that right and yes, there's yes. there is that pinning where we anchor it may look different Correct. and you know where we anchor it throughout our lives may look different i think about people who were you know born very you know into a religious setting were very religious found spirituality i'm thinking about people who were not raised and any sort of spiritual or religious setting that, and, you know, especially later on in life, you know, challenges, illness, I found that. So it can even change over time. Yes, yes. And, and I think that that um, the fair, the diversity is the, the word that I'm looking for, the diversity and how people come to this recognition that they mm -hmm. are there, they have a spiritual side to them, I think is what makes the construct itself so both appealing but also it it helps to uh, over time i would think move that individual along uh, their own sort of developmental journey where they especially for those who might have come from a place where it was like let's say religion specifically might not have been very um supportive mm -hmm. you know um and i think that the the realm of spirituality can create that safe space or new experience that might have been missing mm. along the way prior. Yeah, I, I hear that absolutely. And I know I get to see that. I'm lucky to see that in my work a lot is that sometimes people who 
first of all, over-ascribe spirituality and religion think it's the same thing, that if religion has told them that they're not enough or othered or sinful, then it may be tempting to just also push away spirituality. But this distinction is really freeing to realize that right. if you still have that connection, spirituality is still a conduit in which you can find right. that that safety, that purpose, that anchoring, that meaning, that connection, that good person inspiration really can still happen through spirituality. Exactly, exactly. And I think specifically, um, I, I would say even for my own life, as I had developed, um, I know... I still identify today as a Christian, but at the same time, I know of aspects to, of Christianity that have been harmful and hurtful that continue to be um, for some people groups, right? And so my then awareness now has provided me with a space of saying, hey, I, um, I don't want to give up that part of me completely you know, because I value that. And, and there's something that then again, centers me in that space. But at the same time, I think I have been able to incorporate my understanding of spirituality now into that space. And that has given both my overarching understanding of both religion and spirituality have now informed me what my sort of personal I would say understanding of religion and spirituality is that has helped me still continue to find that meaning that I, that I enjoy through religion, but at the same time, practicing things um, from the spiritual space that also then inform my value system, as opposed to what other, like the, the community, whatever, you know, the, the religious bent has, has been informing by. So that's, I, and I think that has been, freeing. Yeah, I'm hearing that essentially spirituality offers this permission to yeah. explore and see what does work for you. And again, coming back to being a catalyst for your own development and being a better person, it's what helps you to be a better person. So it might be something right. you pull from culture or religion or something someone said to you that inspired you once, right? It's you can pull from these different places. And I think a lot of times from a mental health place, even just having the permission to explore that like that, right? Explore who you are and what works for you. That's freeing. Sometimes it can be intimidating because it kind of goes against a lot of times the like conformity and this is what you're supposed to do that sometimes we long for that rigidity because many times we're raised that way. Society yeah. might condition us that way. It gets a little challenging. But, yeah. you know, in this whole idea that you're explaining for us around spirituality, I'm really hearing this emphasis on like, you know, personal development and being a better version of you. I'm already drawing some connections there with mental health, but I'm hoping you can spell this out a little bit more for me. When someone is investing in their spiritual wellness, how can that affect their mental health? And when someone isn't or doesn't feel like it's okay to invest in their spiritual or religious connection, how does that affect their mental health? Yeah. Um... I think it's important for, for us to recognize that in the past, lack of 
I guess, I don't know if conformity is the right word, but, but not are subscribing to some sort of religious band. I think that was looked on very negatively, mm-hmm. you know, and pathologized. And I don't sure. want to say, I want to make sure that that's not the distinction I'm trying to make when I speak sure. of uh, spirituality and wellness. <laughs> but I think when we think of spirituality and I look at it as if we are in tune or attuned to the spiritual dimension, right? Um, I, I think it results in deeper sense of meaning, you know, um, for whatever that might be for you, but just a deeper sense of meaning um, about your place in the world. Um, It, I think it allows you to truly find uh, in alignment with meaning that, that sense of purpose. I think it helps you to see the good in the world because I think there's so many times where we might become overwhelmed oh is this what is the point of our existence what is the point of um continuing to live or or whatever that might be but I think that when we are truly like truly in sync with with that dimension of our wellness I think we do find that hey you know what this I might be working towards this ultimate goal, and that goal uh, could be simply that I am becoming a better version of who I am right now. This is not the end, you know. This is not the end, and um, and then in that space is that I am working towards being um a better whoever that might be. I, it could be a better um son for myself, right? It'd be a better son, a better brother, um, a better educator. It could be a better counselor. Um, so, so that hope for, it's very hopeful in, 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 in and of itself as a construct. Um, I think, uh, on the other, as I guess maybe together with that too, I think at the end of the day, if we have that sense of hope, I think it also builds our sense of then self-efficacy that, Hey, I can do X, Y, or Z there, you know, I can become this better version of myself, um, it builds your confidence. Um, and I just think that it gives you a greater sense of meaning in life uh, over, overall. I think on the other hand, if that is, if the spiritual dimension is unwell, unhealthy, you know, or maybe yeah, it's just or that not you haven't being, yeah, or tapped not into. Like, yes, exactly. Right, yeah. right. It's mm-hmm. not being tapped into. I think then you... I think people can still go through life and saying, you know, I think th- there's something that I'm working towards or whatnot, but I think the extent of meaning making that it could have in that person's life becomes somewhat limited, right? As to th- they might just, I-, I-, I see the oh spiritual individual in counseling that's well having that, that their spirituality inform the- their life and it's being more so much more long-term focused as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who might not necessarily tap into that space or know it's existing. And I think they're, they're then looking more. So maybe uh, it's a shorter term focus that, okay, I'm going to get this thing done and it's over and I'm going to switch to some other thing and, and get that, mm-hmm. st- get, uh, you know, um, as opposed mm-hmm. to saying, Hey, I'm here. And even though all these little steps to maybe that, I, that I might be engaged in, are all leading to this ultimate goal again of saying, hey, this is transforming me into being that better person and uh, and being more compassionate to myself, again, being more compassionate towards other people, as opposed to simply looking at it as being 
and I, I, I'll use this word very tentatively of like almost fragmented parts of ourselves where we were like mm. this shorter term focus as to, okay, this is done. And then I'm going to shift it to another project and look at that goal and get it done. Um, so I think that for individuals, it becomes challenging a little bit um, to say who don't have it or who are not well in it um, to, to not look at it with that longer term perspective and see that value that it could provide or produce in the individual. Um, and again, too, I think it just also helps. It could sometimes be that because of their own upbringing or what they've seen or what they've experienced, that they still continue to have spirituality fall under the religious dimension. And they then see it more so as something that could be maybe punitive or punishing or painful. And I think that then limits their ability to fully thrive within that dimension. Yeah. Something that's coming up for me as I'm hearing you, first of all, I really appreciate you mentioning like this is not a pathological thing, right? So the lack of spiritual, like, because we have integrated wellness, one of those dimensions could be spirituality. For some people, it is religion. We're kind of mm -hmm. trying to make the distinction between both here, but those are some options. Unlike some other aspects of our wellness, like physical, we all have that in some form. It's important for us as human beings. Looks different, right? We could have some overlap. We all need sleep. We all need mm -hmm. water. We all need nutrition. What those needs may be and how much we're getting and giving ourselves. Actually, some people think we actually have the same needs, but you know, I'm not mm -hmm. going to get into other dimensions <laughs> of wellness today. Listen to the other episodes. Um, but coming back to that is spirituality and religion as a wellness dimension is distinct because it's not saying you are not going to thrive if you don't have that area. Whereas like mm. plummeting physical wellness is going to make a huge detriment to your well-being. So it doesn't say that something is necessarily wrong if you're not fostering those areas. And I think that's really important for us to recognize because while both of us want to make this distinction between spirituality and religion, it's still really fused, especially for folks who have trauma in those areas and hearing that they need to have it and that's required to live a full life and have meaning that can cause more issues, right? So I appreciate that we're on the same page there. It's interesting because when you're talking about, you know, the benefits of spiritual wellness, I'm hearing spirituality as like a conduit for improved perspective, uh, meaning making, happiness, fulfillment, like it gives an avenue for that. So right. again, to clarify, without that dimension of wellness, people can still make meaning. People can still have long-term beliefs that are solid and important to them and help them to develop and be good, you know, good people and whatever that means to them. So that's an important distinction. And then I'm thinking about unlike other dimensions of wellness, that it's like you have it or you don't have it, like physical lack of wellness. Sure. Can it be the presence of illness? Yeah. But it's often like, I'm not eating well. I'm not hydrating. I'm not sleeping. The absence, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For spiritual illness and spiritual unwellness, I see it more as like wounding in that area. So it doesn't mean you don't have it. Some people can be very well and just not attached to spiritual well-being. But something yeah. that stands out for me for a wound in spiritual wellness is like having those the, the pressure to believe something or, you know, being told the more of the religious aspect, right? Like if you do this, this, and this, you're a bad person. If 
you're born this way, you're a bad person. All of these other really limiting, you know, prejudiced, biased, unhealthy thoughts, sometimes that's fused and caused spiritual wounding or spiritual unwellness. And it's not just the lack of the presence of spiritual well-being. It's someone's history and their trauma sometimes. Yes. And I think the cool, I, I, I say cool, uh, how, how well that, that translates to being <laughs> uh, not a necessarily a researcher, but I think it's a cool experience to know that with spiritual wellness, there it, uh, it lends itself to being reauthored mm-hmm. in the sense that regardless of what that past might be, there is with with support that you get specifically i'm I'm looking specifically from this count the counseling lens of with having the support of a caring other having the knowledge now of what spirituality can actualize for that individual you know um as well as knowing then that you might you are not limited to where you were where you came from in terms of that dimension of wellness, that it, and I think those aspects, again, really, I, I think the, the, that hope that it provides allows for that reauthoring of that dimension for that individual, or even a, simply tapping into, not necessarily reauthoring, but simply now a development of that domain within the, 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 their, that individual. And that creates, I think, um, a different outlook as well because it then tells that individual and I think this is how it helps really well from from a counseling perspective it's like almost this fresh beginning that they then have um and I I think if we as uh, for me I'm going to speak personally if I as a counselor can tell that can provide that hope for the client to say you know what I know there are all these different things that you might be dealing with right now, but if you're willing to tra- tap into this single dimension right now with me and we're going to work together, if I could instill that hope for them and they could see the value of um, a life that then produces deeper senses, a deeper sense of meaning and hope for them, I think that then over time that then tapping into that dimension now allows me to tap into the other dimensions that might not be as promising initially, you know, or that might be maybe more challenging to explore because of whatever else might have happened in that person's life. Um, So I do find that um, Hmm. it, it being a really great avenue to explore with a client and for many of us, I think prior to maybe even a cervix existing, I think we as a profession weren't in a space where we did that ethically well, you know, of exploring it. And I think that um, now more so we're seeing hopefully more and more counselors not being afraid to move into that, to to discussions or broaching that with our clients, but um, truly, helping them see you know explore that aspect of their their the individual that they again may or may not know that they have 
Yeah, you know, I, I really appreciate the encouragement to explore, right? Because that, again, that's something that spirituality kind of hand in hand is the exploration. And I, I find that so empowering. Uh, you know, I think sometimes, again, for the folks who may be intimidated by spirituality because perhaps religious trauma or wounding and you, you lump it all together, it might be like, I don't want to explore that. But there takes some courage in exploring your individuality, what you believe and why, where those beliefs came from. What do you believe as a person versus what you were told to believe? Is it the same or is it distinct? Even that, regardless of if you get to spiritual practice, that exploration for a growth standpoint could be tremendous. And especially in a place like counseling. And I really appreciate you bringing that up. I'm also thinking about just the the exploration at large, you mentioned the reauthoring. And obviously, as a counselor, I love hearing that. And I, I'm not sure I've thought about spirituality that way. So I really, really appreciate that you mentioned that. Because again, this overconnection between spirituality and religion, I'm thinking for people who, who may have had challenging, even challenging spiritual beliefs in the past, but even I'll go all the way back to challenging religious beliefs that were at least bestowed on maybe they didn't mm -hmm. ascribe to that spirituality is not the same thing as religion. It's an opportunity to heal through those wounds. It can be a conduit mm -hmm. to heal through some of that really unhelpful messaging um, and trauma. So I really value highlighting that. So, okay. All in all, we have talked about the link between spiritual well-being and mental health and how they interplay and I'm imagining that some people are really sitting with their definition of spirituality and are already kind of going through like, what is my spirituality? What does it mean to be a veteran? And that's great because that's the point of this episode, right? Um, and then some people might think, all right, so I'm willing to explore. How do I do that? And we were already talking about some prompts, but what about spiritual self-care? Do you have some suggestions for someone who's starting out and wanting to dabble in their spiritual well-being? What can they do? Yeah, um, I think that we probably for many of us, hopefully, that we're already doing some of these things. Um, for me, I like, at the end, usually, I, more so at the end of the day, because I usually wake up late, and I'm a late, <laughs> you know this about me, but, but, um, but, but I think uh, spending time, I'm so connected to technology throughout the day, that I try to disconnect at some point of the day, uh, and that could simply be for like even, I don't know, 15 minutes, you know, something where I just turn myself away from all this, the bombardment of, of technology. <laughs> and I, um, whether, whether I'm, I'm walking outside or I'm walking at the gym and I try not to, like, like even for me, I think that the, I, the, the TVs in the gym could be such a distraction, another <laughs> medium. But I will try to tell myself that rather than focusing on that, the, the technology, I, mean, I end up focus, simply focusing on my breath. You know, how am I breathing in that space um, and simply connecting in that space of then what is happening? How like I almost do a reflection of what's been happening throughout my day. Um, and, and it's like, what am I grateful for? What, you know, what is it that I still am not sure about that then I could be like, okay, this is maybe something that I need to focus on maybe tomorrow 
or, or keep on my radar for, for later. Um, I think so. So maybe for, I would say that that meditative aspect, reflective aspect, um, I would say for folks who might do yoga, I am not that flexible or, or, or into, into the yoga scene. But I think that folks that engage in that practice, I think a very good space to, again, take the time to be present in that space. What is happening to me? What's happening in my body? How is my body reacting? What emotions am I feeling in that space? Um, how is this going to help me almost engage in a reset fun feature of sorts that then allows me to come up, come into other relationships or other experiences with a new sense of um, being in a sense of how do I then demonstrate that I I'm, I care about the people that I'm interacting with or um, if it's specifically more focused on self is that how do I make sure, ensure that I'm then being more compassionate towards who me as an individual. Um, I think uh, outside of that there is journaling is another aspect I think where we could just focus on almost I look at journaling as an in a sense, emptying of the mind in a, in a space. And I think that when we look at the spiritual dimension of saying, how do you create a, almost, I would say that's like a healthy boundary for, for, my, for my mind, where I'll, I'll look at it and say, I am going to spend the time of maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes or something of simply jotting down all the things that maybe are making me anxious in this space or all the things that, and it doesn't necessarily also have to be the negative. It could simply be the, also the positive that I'm focusing on in that space of, okay, these are things that I want to make sure that I remember because they really filled me up and they made mm. me feel that I had a deeper sense of purpose in the world. I connected with people, whatever, but taking the time to jot those things down. And so that in those moments when when I again feel overwhelmed or I again am looking for something that is very um, validating and affirming that I can go back to that journal entry and say, okay, all right, hey, this is what you were made for and you're doing. And, and okay, I can reorient myself and say, this is my purpose here. Um, and this is why I'm in the space of what I'm doing, what I'm doing. Um, and, but on the negative side, if it is very much, uh, anxiety provoking that thoughts that you have I think just having the journal writing those things down and um, I think what we do specifically to counseling is that we would say like using maybe like the con a container technique of saying okay all of this now is on paper let me take when I feel that I'm in a space that I can more so uh, address these the, the issue I get then get the chance of maybe taking one item out of what I wrote down, maybe two, whatever my capacity is at, to then explore something from a place of being more grounded as opposed to being overwhelmed in, at that point in time. Um, I think the other thing is uh, for those who have a faith community or a spiritual community is simply tapping into that, you know, or if you're not sure, maybe reaching out to some sort of uh, individual who might be a uh, guide of sorts or maybe it's a faith leader and asking those questions that you might be curious about just maybe begin that process of discovering hey where do I stand as opposed to simply ignoring it completely or, or you know um, and I think for us as counselors too 
it's important that we to know where we are and our value systems when it comes to aspects of religion and spirituality, as well as our training. Because the last thing that we want to do is to work with a client who might have religious trauma and or unresolved issues with religion and spirituality further compound their unresolved trauma as opposed to us being really a corrective relationship or experience Mm -hmm. for them that lead them into a place where they can embrace that possibly as a construct or a domain within their own um, wellness journey. Yeah. Thank you for that menu of spiritual self-care options. I really, really appreciate that. Something I noticed, and maybe some of the listeners were experiencing this, you mentioned like some of those beginning ones you may have heard of before. They're they're simple, common self-care strategies. What I noticed the thread was between them is they were all introspective self-care, right? So unplugging or disconnecting to reconnect, right? Being more mindful, being present, journaling. These are all strategies that increase our self-awareness, our introspection, our relationship with ourselves. And from what we were talking about earlier, some, that's pretty much what spirituality is. It can be a little bit yeah. more, but it starts with that. Mm-hmm. And I like that it gets to this realm that, yes, spirituality and religion can coexist, right? And they often interplay. So if you do have that faith-based connection, that community that exists, someone else that ascribes to similar values and beliefs, then tap into that too, right? Because spirituality can happen individually. And many times that's empowering because of that, but it does not have to happen in solitude. And that's an important reminder. Having the option and choosing whatever works for you in a given moment or on a given day, that's also really Absolutely. Well, Dr. Harry Chand, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about spiritual well-being and open our eyes to the difference between spirituality and religion, how spirituality affects mental health, and some strategies we can try. So thank you again for your time. Thank you so much for having me.